Hello, this is World Explosion with Pastor Daniel Olubodi of Royal Priesthood Ministries. God ordained us as kings for royalty and priests for loyalty unto him. We are commissioned with the gospel of reconciling men back unto God. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There is success and there is fulfillment. Many people are successful in life but are never fulfilled. The Lord has commissioned us with the mandate of enthronement and we are here to help you find fulfillment in life. Please subscribe to this podcast channel on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts and every other place you get your podcast from. Also connect with us on the interwebs on Facebook at Royal Priesthood Ministries. You can follow me on Twitter at Oyelowodan. Reach me on WhatsApp plus 234-8035-365-105. Also, visit our website royalpriesthoods.ng. Remember, there's heads behind that hood, royalpriesthoods.ng. For more amazing content in audio, video, and journals. Don't forget to subscribe for our daily devotionals on our website. Please, also, don't hesitate to share your testimonies with us at info at royalpriesthoods.ng or my personal gmail, priesthoods001 at gmail.com. Always remember, you are a royal priesthood. Father, to join from your spirit to my spirit. Lighted by your word and with your breath of life. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. As the word of God comes to you today, every negativity set against you by the word, they shall be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. This word shall not leave you the same way it met you in the mighty name of Jesus. I join my faith with yours and I decree that you shall be the better after this word in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Daddy, because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name, we have prayed. With a clap offering, come on, have your seat in God's presence. Amen. The topic of today's message is the battle of the youth. The battle of the youth. The battle of the youth. It is not a coincidence that we have more youth in our midst this evening. I pray that as this word comes to you, you shall transform your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Bring yourself here. Avoid any distraction. If you have come here, discard anything that may want to distract your attention. Not for my sake, but for your sake. Let's turn our Bible to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. We'll read from verse 20 to 27. Proverbs chapter 4. I read from the Revised Standard Version. 
my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sins. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to him who finds them, and healing to all his flesh. 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech, and put devious tongue far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Take heed to the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Verse 27, the last verse. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Like I said, the, uh, the title of the message is The Battle of the Youth. The youthful stage is a period of intense battle. The youthful stage is a period of intense battle. Now, like I said, okay, let me just use him as an example now. Let me use him as an example. This is something that is serious about his life, that already there's a distraction. It may be that the world that is going to hear today is what is going to position him. But something is now distracting you not to hear it. And you may look for that word for 10 years and you may not find it. But the word has been released. It's no longer God's problem. It is our problem. Do you understand? Look at the first statement that I said. I said the time of youth, the youthful stage, is a period of intense battle. The battle is not a um, physical battle, but it is the battle between the good and the bad. Knowing the right thing to do and doing it. It's not everybody that knows the right thing to do that are doing it. It's, first of all, you have to know the right thing. Then, you now know that I want to do the right thing. That is the battle that we are talking about. The useful stage is a period of intense battle. The battle of choosing between the right and the wrong decisions. And to every choice that you make, there is a cross to bear or a crown to wear. What do I mean? For every choice that you make, there is a crown to wear or a cross to carry. For example, when you, were, when you are in higher institution, when everybody are going for lecture, you say you are not going for lecture. You want to be flexing up and down. And you are flexing up and down is a choice. I'm not going to read my book. This is what I want to do. Now is a choice. At the end of the day, that choice will carry a cross. What will be the cross? Failure. Now, another person says, I'm going to be reading my books. I'm going to be studying hard. For the person that now goes to read, at the end of the day, he now graduates with first class. If he graduates with first class, he's a camp. On the day of graduation, everybody will be like, wow, I want my child to be like that person. I want my son to be like that person. It's now become a crown. Everybody will now be appreciating it. Now, everybody started from the same level. 
But if each person made their choice, each person made their choice, and that choice, whether you like it or not, even if you don't make any choice, you know the choice to make, but you are not even making any choice, you have already failed. Saying that I will not do something, that person has already failed. If you are not doing anything, I was reading something today. Do you know that the ordinary saving money, saving money, you have money and you are saving it, is not success on its own if you are not investing that money. Because the money that you are saving, highest, how many percentage increase uh, profits will it bring? At the end of the day, it will not bring turnover. Why? Because you just saved it, you just kept it. It's like a talent that you buried in the ground. That is to say, you must make deliberate choice. Deliberate choice that will move your life forward. Experience, they say, is the best teacher. It is far important for you to learn from the experiences of other people than people learning from your own experience. It is far, far better that you learn from other people's experiences than people learning from your own experience. I used to make reference to Bishop Poyedeko. He started ministry when he was not up to 30 years. And they took it with everything that they had and God granted them speed. At 44, they have finished, the ministry have finished building uh, Faith Tabernacle in Lagos. Now, at 45, some people are just receiving the call. At 50, some people are just receiving the call. They have wasted time because they did not win some battles in their life. It's not as if that it is that time that God is just saying, yeah, come and no. Something must have happened that they have deliberately ignored that has made that thing to delay in their life. I pray that your own time will not be wasted in the mighty name of Jesus. Although we are bound to make mistakes, we must not allow the temporal setbacks to define us. There's no how that we will not make mistakes in life. Definitely. We will make mistakes. You have, there's nobody that will say that he has not made mistakes. Bishop, somebody asked him one time. Some of these people that we look at. If somebody asked him that as uh, everything beyond the percent for him, he said he has learned more from some mistakes that he has made than total obedience. You know, there are some things that you look at it and God will tell you some things that you look at it and say, ah, no, this is how it should be. And you begin to apply your wisdom. But when you now get beaten for it, you say, ah, God knows what he was saying in this instance. When next that kind of instruction comes, you will quickly obey and say, hmm, I'm obeying you. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. It says, For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked are overthrown by calamity. That is to say that this, you make mistakes. Don't stay in that rock. You make your fall, like I usually say, when a baby is crawling and the baby falls. He stands up. The baby stands up and continue walking. If you make mistake, don't stay there. Rise up and begin to move forward. Now, we now want to see some of the battles you must win in life. Some of the battles you must win in life. Let me tell you one thing. The message that you are hearing today, if I heard that message at my own, at this age that you are, if I heard it then, at this age, and I adhere to it, 
I would have gone far, far ahead of where I am today. I pray that the Holy Spirit help you to comprehend this word in the mighty name of Jesus. Some of the battles you must win. The first battle you must win in life is question of identity. Question of identity. Who are you? Somebody meets you on the way and say, who are you? You say, I am Daniel. Mm-hmm. What about you? You don't know what to say. Okay? I say, I am Daniel. You don't know what are you asking me. Now, you must understand early in life that you are first responsible to God, to yourself, and the people God has sent you to. You cannot please everybody. When you understand that you are responsible to God first, you are responsible to yourself second, and the people that God has sent you to, then you are going to live a very happy life. For example, I don't have a problem trying to please another person's spirit. My instruction, my, my, my duty is to obey and please my parents. Another parent is not my issue. It's my parents that are my issue. Those are the people that God has sent me to. Those are the people that I'm relating with. Those are the people that I must not disappoint. When you begin to understand that, those are issues that have to do with identity. You cannot please everybody. You can sell yourself. Not everything you have now. You can sell yourself and turn it into money and share it for everybody. Among the people that have collected your money, you still see some people that are still waiting. What did you do that there has not that some people have not done before? So you cannot please everybody. But the people that God has sent you to are your major importance. Your life must draw criticisms. Your life. It must draw criticisms. Most especially when you are doing the right thing. When you want to start doing the right thing, like maybe I have flat muscles. I want to start lifting weight. You see, <laughs> this one. It's a more carry weight. It won't turn my tumor. When I'm carrying it, they'll be looking at you and they'll be laughing. Then when they see your consistency, that this guy is not relenting, they will not begin to. Over the trial, the person that was laughing at you in the beginning will not begin to say, ah, you are not trying, you know, every day you do this thing. Eventually, when Moses now begins to show, you say, ah, wow, the Moses are coming out. Of. And when they now see the Moses come out very well, they now say, I want to be like you. Now, your life must draw criticism. Let it be for the right reason. Because even if you don't do the right thing, it will still draw criticism. If you go and steal, you say, look at it. It's a very, very stupid boy rubbing up and down. People will begin to talk all manner of things. But it is better your life draw criticism and say, wait till you carry for slap some at the hand. Do you get the point that I'm trying to make? Your life will draw criticisms. Then make sure that the criticism your life draws are the positive ones. If you don't know who you are, you will be making grave mistakes in your work in life. If you don't know who you are, you will be making a lot of mistakes. One of the world's foremost philosophers said many years ago, man, know thyself, Socrates. Man, know thyself. Now let us learn from the example of Jesus. Let us look at the example of Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. 
Right? Now let us look on the slide. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Let's start reading from verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted forty days and forty nights. And afterward he was hungry. Verse 3. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now look at it. The word of the Lord says he fasted. And it is normal that after fasting that you will be hungry. That is the next thing that will happen. After fasting, you will be hungry. Now, when he has now started thinking of breaking his fast, devil now showed up. Devil now said, if you are the son of God, is Jesus the son of God or not? He's the son of God. But the devil now comes with a temptation to push him to do something, whether he knows his identity or not. And Jesus responded to him, I have no business pleasing you. I don't have to do it. I know that I am the Son of God. And he responded, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He did not say anything about, Ah, I am the Son of God now. No! He, he looked at that, I am the Son of God. That cannot change. Now, you must understand that. You must understand that, that who you are, is who you are. It is when you don't know who you are that you are easily uh, sifted, that they will sieve you. It is when you don't know who you are they say, if you know, say you fit for your job, they say, you know you can jump it. There's no point saying that I'm going to jump it because I know that I can jump it. Say, whether you believe or not, it doesn't matter. I know that I can jump it. Say, you are not hard, believe me, I'm not hard. You know within yourself who you are. You don't have any business trying to please anybody or trying to prove it to anybody who you are. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels charge of you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. If Jesus did what he said and he jumped down from that place, he will not be hurt. But you look at it and say, there's no point proving it to you. Now, these people that used to, to, uh, to do chants against bullets, that if they shoot you, bullets will not enter. If you see the people that have the original of it, where they are shooting God, they too, they will be running away. They will not say, because I have this juju, and come out and say, oh yeah, shoot me, to let you know that this thing, they work. No! They have it, they know it, but yet, they will still not stay. They will still run. They will still move away from it. Not that they are doubting what they carry. They know that what they are carrying is right, but they will still not move. They will not tempt the situation. Now, any situation that is making you to tempt your identity, any situation that is making you to tempt your identity is trying to pull you down. You must know who you are. You must know who you are. In our, in our tribal, uh, tribal proverb, they will say, remember the son of whom you are. Learn your many things, worship. Remember, know the son of who you are. Now, how, do you, how does that come to play? Maybe you get to school. 
everybody, your friends, your roommates, they now say, ah, let us go and drink. And that word comes to you. Remember the son of whom you are. You now tell them and say, no, I'm not joining you to go and drink. They say, oh, wait till they worry you. Daddy's boy, mommy's boy. He said, no, it's not about daddy's boy. It's not about mommy's boy. But remembering who I am, what has been deposited inside of me, I must not disappoint myself. I must not disappoint God. I must not disappoint the people that have sent me to this place. That is understanding who you are. Let us look at another person again that understood his identity. Joseph. Joseph. He knew who he was and what he was responsible for. Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. Verses 6 to 9. So he left all he had in Joseph's charge. And having him, he had no concern for anything but the food which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome and good looking. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said to and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Lo, having me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my hand. Be, he is not greater in this house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me, except yourself, because you are his wife. How then can I, look at where he started from, how then can I do this great wickedness? He understood his identity. And the next thing he said, and sin against God. He understood his identity. No, I cannot do this thing and disappoint myself and disappoint God. He understood his identity. You must know your identity. Knowing your identity is when you talk to yourself in the midst of temptation. Everybody is doing it. They tell you that thing. Everybody is doing it now. And you say, no, it's not because everybody is doing it that I must do it. I'm not going to do it because everybody is doing it. Everybody is cheating. Everybody is lying. Everybody has girlfriends. Everybody is doing all sorts of things. But remembering who you are. You say, no, I cannot disappoint myself and I cannot disappoint God. And the third part, I cannot disappoint the people that I represent. That is question of identity. Question of identity. Moses did not understand his identity when they confronted him after he killed that Egyptian. You know, Moses was a, a Hebrew. They was raised in the palace of Pharaoh, the Pharaoh that was killing the Hebrews. Now, he grew up. He knew that these are my people. But he was still having conflict of identity, whether to associate with these people or with these people. No. Each time he goes out and see them, how they are punishing those people, he will still go back to the palace and be like, wow, they are just punishing these people for nothing. Conflict of identity. Until the day that he strike one dead, he strike an Egyptian dead, and after killing that Egyptian, the next time he saw two Hebrews fighting, and he said, you guys are brothers, who are you fighting? And one of them asked him a question, he said, who, who? made you a judge over us. He could not answer that question for 40 years. And he ran away. He ran away. After 40 years, when God came and spoke to him and said, 
you are going to Egypt to go and deliver the people. The first thing that he asked God was, who will I say send me? Question of identity. You must identify yourself. You must identify yourself. Know first that you are responsible to God, you are responsible to yourself and to the people that God has sent you to. The second battle, the second battle is the battle of association. The battle, some of the battles you must win in life. The battle of association. You will eventually become the people you associate with, whether you like it or not. The people you relate with impact you in some ways, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. The people you are relating with are going to impact you whether you like it or not. That's why you must associate with the right kind of people. You cannot afford to associate with the wrong people. If your roommate smokes, whether you like it or not, you will start smoking. If you cannot break free and say, I will not allow him to influence me, I'm going to influence him, whether you like it or not, you will pick up smoking one day. The thing will begin to look enticing and exciting to you. If you are walking with a womanizer, he will begin to tell you, oh boy, this thing is very, very sweet. And you begin to look at it, you begin to reason it and say, you may be saying, no, 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 I don't want to do it, I know who I am. Then with time, you now be looking at it, you'll be looking at it, you'll be looking at it and say, let me to follow in this footstep. And you begin to follow in that footstep. Even somebody that uses drugs, somebody that uses drugs, you say, what are you even gaining from this drug? Ah, you can't understand. When you use it, you are going to get hard. The, thing, every, the way you'll be thinking. Now, you now begin to look at it and say, oh, let me to consider it. Look at the question of identity that Eve could not answer. Satan said, did God say you should not eat of every fruit of the garden? He said, of every fruit you can eat, but this one, she was near that thing. But this one, he said, if you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. She now began to think over it in her heart. She began to think over it. Association. Association. That is why you must associate with the right kind of people. The people that you are associating with, what have you gained from that association? What have you gained from that association? You are associating with some kind of people and everything that happens to you are the wrong things, negative things. Do you know where it is now funny? It doesn't happen to them. It is only you that those things bad are happening to. Then you must begin to think and say, no, I'm not going in this direction again. Since when I've been working with this person, my life has not been going up. My life has been going down. It is one problem or the other. Then you must understand that you need to break off from that association. You need to break off from that association. There's a, there's a lady much older than me. Then, she lived a wayward life, a very wayward life. Along the line, she became born again. She was about getting married to a man, but before she became born again, she and the man have engaged in a sexual relationship with each other. She now said, I am born again now, and I understand that what has happened between us shouldn't have happened. I'm not going to get married to you again. The young man, the the man did not believe it and said, What do you mean by that? You are born again now that you can. He tried and tried and tried to talk out of it and said, No, I have taken my decision. 
And do you know how God honored that woman? The woman married a pastor that has never met a woman before. That has never met a woman before. The point the pastor came, he said, see, pastor, me, I don't do well well. The pastor said, you should that God has said that I should marry. They have a very happy home today. A blessed, happy home by association. She chose the right association. It's a matter of choice. It's a matter of choice. Your friend come and meet you and say, we are let us go and do this. And you know it's a bad thing. You cannot tell your friend and say, no. Now, there are even people that want to influence you and say, this is the right thing. You now, they will now begin to put lies in your mouth that you'll be telling them. They tell your daddy that we are going for VG. And you say, Daddy, I'm going for VG today. They told you to lie. And you lied to your daddy and say, Daddy, we are going for VG. And you and those friends, you went to a party association. And maybe they now go to that party, something happened. Police arrest everybody. Or they are coming, they have accident. You now begin to blame yourself. Some boys, they went for party. And when they go to the party, they got drunk. When they were coming back, they had accidents in the car that they went to the party with. They did not die, but they suffered severe injury. They became handicapped for the rest of their life just from a decision of associating with the wrong person. You must win that battle. Stop associating with anybody that is not making your life to move forward. See, these issues, I said in the beginning, you are responsible to who first? God. To yourself and to the people that God has sent you to. Now, if you hear, you understand these things that we are talking about, and you do them, who will first benefit? Yourself. Yourself. And if you do the wrong thing, who will first reap the repercussion? Yourself. So, you must begin to understand that you must make the right decision from now. The right decision from now that I'm going to do the right thing at all times. There are two kinds of this association. There are two kinds of this association that we are talking about. The first one is mentor and the second one is peer. Mentor. Jeremiah chapter 35 verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 35, verse 5. Then I set before the Rechabites pitchers full of wine and cups, and I said to them, Drink wine. But they answered, We will not drink. We will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, You shall not drink wine, neither you nor your sons forever. You shall not build a house. You shall not sow a seed, and you shall not plant or have a vineyard. No, but what we need in that place is that we should not drink wine. Their father was their mentor. Their father was not there. God told Jeremiah, he said, go and test these people. He is for him to see how some people obey their father, but the Israelites are not obeying the instructions that he gave to them. He now puts wine before them. He said, the sons of Rechab, your father is dead and is long gone. See wine here. You people should drink. They said, no, we are not drinking wine. They said, why? They said, our father has commanded us that we should not drink wine. Their father was their mentor. 
and they obeyed him. Who is your mentor? Who is your mentor? Who are you looking up to? When you have issues, who do you run to and say, please advise me? Now, many people uh, take celebrities as role models or their mentors. You see some people, they say, I want to be like David Do. I want to be like Whiskey. And they will be sagging their trousers. They will be putting trousers here. They will be putting trousers and be, and be doing like this, up and down. Nothing in their head. Empty brain. Empty brain. And they say they want to be... <laughs> And they are sagging up and they will be looking at them. There are young guys I, I used to call and tell them, I said, guys, how many responsible people have you seen dressed like this? How many presidents of nations have you seen dressed like this? Yeah, I have not seen any president. Okay, let us begin to look at a noble profession. How many bankers have you seen dressed like the way you are, that you are dressed? Now, don't mistake celebrity for role model. Many people have mistaken celebrity for role model and say, I want to be the kind of life that these people live. If you try to live those life, your life will go down the drain. Even they themselves, they don't enjoy the life that they are living. They know there are so many things, there is hollow, hollow. There is a vacuum in their life that they know that nothing can fill except God. They use all manner of kind of things. Because they have money to do anything, they use drugs. They try to travel all around. They carry women to fill up the hollow in there. But it's not going to get filled except God. It's only God that can fill that space in there. So don't look up to any celebrity and say, that's my role model. No. Look for responsible people as a role model. And say, I want to be like this person. And when you want to have mentors, look for people that you know that they can impact you. People that have gone through the way that you are trying to go through. So that when you make mistakes, you walk up to them and say, this and the people that you can report yourself to. There are people that I report myself to. People that you can report yourself to and say, I'm sorry, I've done this thing. And they will look at you and say, don't do it again. They correct you, they put you right. That is who a mentor is, a godly mentor, somebody that has resolved. Somebody that has resolved. Now, the second kind of association that we are talking about is peers. Know the kind of people you work with. Know the kind of people you work with. Friends that have not put anything positive in your life, discard them. Friends that have not brought any gain, any good into your life, discard them. You don't need those kind of friends. Children that insult their parents. You don't need to move near those kind of or, or near those kind of, of, of children. Children that don't obey their parents. Even our parents, they understand when they say, they say, my child, don't go near that place. I don't want to see you talking with that boy again. Why? Because they know that that child is a bad influence. You don't, don't play with Any time I see you in their house or I see them here, they will even call that person and say, don't come to this house again. They are ready to severe ties. Why? Because they know that there's nothing to gain. Now, before anybody tell you that kind of thing, before your parents or your mentor tell you that this kind of friendship, you don't need it. A lady that we know that is this living this kind of wayward life is that person that you are saying you are taking as a as a friend. Very soon you start doing what she's doing. A guy that you know that he drinks is a bad boy that everybody knows in the community that this one is not a good child, is your best friend. Very soon you start doing what he's doing. If you even get to a point that they will be associating you together, say ah, now then now then they will come together. No, you don't need that kind of association. You don't need that kind of association. Break off. 
from those kind of associations and find the right kind of association. God permitted David to be taken to the palace. After he was anointed, after he killed Goliath, God permitted him to be taken to the palace, to be invited to the palace by Saul. To learn royalty in the palace. But when God saw that Saul has made up his mind not to be a good king, God allowed David to be removed from that place. God allowed David to be removed from the palace. Now, God will bring, if you allow God, he will give you good mentors. He said, I will give you pastors after my heart. To say that you don't have anybody to uh, advise you is a big lie. Either you have not been listening to the advice that has been given to you before, and the advices have stopped coming. But the day you continue listening to advice, advice will still be coming to you from God. God will still be sending people to be talking to you. Even if you want to do then, before I became born again, when I want to do something bad like this, I have determined it in my mind. Maybe me and my friends will want to do something bad. Before stepping out, my sister will call me and say, Jesus loves you. In the house, she was in essence, I was, she was four, she is four years older than me. She will call me and say, <laughs> my spirit is just telling me that don't do anything that will bring shame and disgrace to the family. I'll be like, why is this person making my conscience to free? Why that is happening is because God loves me. There are things that will want to happen in your life. Maybe you want to go and do something terrible. God, if God loves you, he will send somebody to you and say, that thing that you want to go and do, don't do it to me. And if you obey, you will miss out of any evil that the devil is planning. But if you refuse to obey, you will not be the only one regretting and say, ah, but they want me from taking this decision. I pray the grace to make the right decisions the Lord will give unto us in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us look at some examples of fear. 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Let's start reading from verse 1. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go forth to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Verse 2. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking upon the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David said that he sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Verse 4. So David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she was purifying herself from her uncleanliness. Then she returned to her house. Now, in that place that we read, David was walking upon the story building of his house. He now saw a naked woman. Is he, every, is he openly that we ask and say, who is that woman? He's not openly. Have you? He knows the kind of people he's going to ask. Association. 
the people that are organizing babes for him, the people that are organizing women for him, are the kind of people he's going to have Oh boy, come here. He said, my Lord. When you call those kind of people, they know the kind of thing he's calling them for. So you are calling him. He gave a woman, where is he? He's black. He's beautiful. He too has been looking at that thing. But because he did not have power to go and take that decision, but he is an associate, evil associate of that kind of thing. You know, it's those kind of people that he will still send to them. And they know how to deliver that kind of message. Bashan. And that's when they can give it to the issue. Now he go carry a true back door to enter association. He cannot go and meet Prophet Nathan now and say, Prophet Nathan. <laughs> I see one woman. Prophet Nathan that could tell him and say you are the man that God is talking that God is talking about and that your son will die. You yourself you will die. The prophet that could look at him in the face. Will you go and meet the prophet and ask him that you say woman? No! He knows the people that he's associating with. And that's why they organized it for him. You know, in our time now we have uh, politicians when they are moving anywhere. If maybe the governor is traveling to a place, they know the kind of guys that they will talk to that will go and import girls and bring them to them. If you say they need 30, if you organize 30, if you say they need 40, they know them. They know them. Wrong association. Go to chapter 13 of that same book of Second Samuel. Let us see another wrong association. We may not read this one because of time. Amnon, the son of David, he had this lust, carnal lust, for his half sister, Tamar. Until he became sick, chapter 13 of 2 Samuel. Till he became sick, his friend now came and met him and said, You are the king's son. Verse 4. And he said to him, O son of the king, why are you haggard, morning after morning? Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom. Jonadab said to him, Lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, Let my sister, Tamar, come and give me bread to eat and prepare the food in my side that I may eat it and eat it from my hand. So Ammon laid down. He gave him a wrong advice due to association. Due to association. He gave him wrong advice after Absalom killed Amnon. When David thought that all his sons had been killed by Absalom, it was this same Jonadab that told David that said, ah, no, it's not all your sons that are there. He said, why did you say that? He said, ah, it's only Amnon. Because uh, Absalom did not forgive him for raping Tamar. He was the one that gave the advice. And he knew that the advice he gave him was going to bring death upon his life. Wrong association. It's not everybody you must associate with. The same people that will tell you and say, do it, it does not mean. When you do it and it backfires, they will be the one that will still be talking and say, hey, should we tell her? You know what here, you do it, I can do, I can do, I can do all the time. May the Lord give us understanding in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us see in the New Testament, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Let us start reading from verse 1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Verse 3, our point of emphasis, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. 
they went out and got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Peter, their leader, he took a wrong step and everybody followed him. Everybody that was there, they, that were there, they followed him in that wrong decision until when Jesus showed up. You are not supposed to be catching fish now. You are supposed to be waiting upon the Lord for the promise of the Spirit. This is not the time to be catching fish. And Jesus spoke to, to Peter then. That was when Jesus asked him three times, Do you love me? Feed my sheep. This is not what you should be doing. You should be doing the right thing. Now let us look at another example of association. But this one, a good one. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1 from verse 8. The word of the Lord says, Daniel proposed in his heart that he was not going to take of the king's riches. He determined in his heart. And three of his friends, they took, they took that decision with him. And said, no, we will not eat it. We will not eat of the king's food. To the point that they now said, oh yeah, test us for 10 days. Test us. We will only be eating water. We, have, we will only be eating this and drinking water. We will not eat of these thing riches. After 10 days, test us. See who looks more healthy. They took that decision and God honored their faith. Everybody's embezzling does not mean that you must embezzle. Everybody who's doing the wrong thing does not mean that you must join them to do the wrong thing. No, you must make the right decision. You must make the right decision by following the right association. I pray the Lord give us understanding of his word more in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to bow down your head and pray. Lord, I thank you for your word that you have sent to me. Father, I worship you. I give you all the glory. Be thou exalted, O Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Father, we worship you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm sure you have been blessed by this message the Lord has sent to you. We would love to hear feedback from you. And per adventure, maybe you have prayer points you want us to join hands with you. And pray over. Please send your prayer points across unto us. Our emails, uh, my personal email is priesthoods001. Priesthoods, S behind the hoods, 001 at gmail. Dot com. You can drop your comments in this podcast comments section. Word Explosion with Pastor Daniel. You can drop your comment there. We'll definitely see it. You can access us through our website www.royalpriesthoods.ng And our email is info at royalpriesthoods.ng Remember, there is S behind that hood. Info at royalpriesthoods.ng God bless you.